Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. If you would open your Bibles with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 6. I'm going to conclude the... um, the ethos series today, uh, ethos meaning is, uh, and I always kind of mention this for maybe those who are here for the first time, uh, ethos being the, the spirit, the values uh, of, of something. So it, it comes from within, the character that comes from within that produces, an ethos produces a culture. The culture is what we see, the ethos is what is on the inside that produces what we see. To change what we see, you have to change the ethos. To see a culture that's, that's hurting and reeling under the, the power of sin since the fall in the Garden of Eden. To see a change there, there's got to be an ethos change. The ethos change happens in us when Jesus comes in, and then we take that out there. But if we keep the same ethos as the world keeps, you can't ever see any change happen, right? Life doesn't come. And so what we've been talking about are the things that, that God has given us, an ethos that comes with children of the kingdom that we can go into the world and, and, uh, and actually unlock this culture, go in and have an impact and a voice. We don't have a lot of impact and voice today because we've stood on the front porch of the church screaming at the world, telling them to stop sinning and you're going to hell. But rather than tell them that Jesus died on the cross for you because of those things. And um, the, that's the message. But they don't, they don't listen to us anymore. Uh, so we have to get into the world and we have to become, uh, we have to open the culture, walk into the culture and live that out. And so we've been talking about uh, the different kind of ethos that will help us do that. Today we're going to finalize the series and we're going to talk one more time on the ethos of excellence. The ethos of excellence. Um, look at Daniel chapter 6, and I'm going to read the first uh, three verses from the King James Version. I like the wording um, of this. If, if it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, which were just high, high government officials, to be over the whole kingdom. Over these three governors of whom Daniel was one. The se- and, and so what you've got is Daniel is one of the three most powerful people in the kingdom at this time because there's three governors that were over all of it. Notice this. Um, Daniel was over the satraps might give account to them so the king would not suffer. There was a purpose in that. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the other governors and the satraps because of what? Okay, let's say it on, on, on three. Let's say it excellently. One, two, three. And, oh, man, that's beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. That just came back and smacked me right in the face. That was good. 
uh, excellent spirit was in him. That's why. It wasn't just that he tried to be excellent. There was something inside of him producing excellence. And that's what God wants to do in the lives of his children. He doesn't want us just to try to be excellent. He wants us to tap into the spiritual DNA that we have from a heavenly father who, who I don't think any of us would, would question whether he's excellent or not, right? And so we have his spiritual DNA and he's saying just tap in to the spiritual DNA I put inside of you and let the excellence that's inside of you start to come out of you. And when that begins to happen, man, things begin to change. And, and this morning, I'm going to put myself on, this morning I put myself on a timer. I had Aaron actually set over there with a timer and time me five minutes for each of my points so that I could make sure that I was able to get through them all. Well, I don't have a timer. Aaron's not here. I don't have a timer right now. And uh, except for, I will tell you this, some of you are, are a pretty good timer because I watch you and, and long about, um, long about exactly at the moment of one hour into this service, I see this. And, and so after, after you do it three times in a row, I know it's not for you anymore because you saw the time the first time. So now I realize you're not trying to find out what time it is. You're just trying to tell me what time it is. Here's what I want to guarantee you. If I catch you doing that, I'm going to keep on going. I'll keep on preaching until I get through. Okay, let's just... Um, you notice Daniel had an excellent spirit. Now look at uh, verses six, um, four, or four through five. At this, the administrators of the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel. They were, had, he had some haters because he was good in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Do you see those things coming out of him? He wasn't corrupt. It was inside of him. He wasn't uh, negligent. means he was dependable and he was responsible. He just didn't just walk off and drop his duties. If he was expected to be in one day to do something, he was there. He didn't wait till the last second if he couldn't be there. He actually called and said, I've got the nursery. I mean, I've got... Uh, uh, I've <laughs> Man, it slipped out. I didn't want it. I've got a meeting today that I can't show up for, and, um, and he actually does it the day before so that the people who are in charge, anyway, they could find no corruption, not even, finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it is something to do with the law of his God. The only way we're going to find something against Daniel has to do with his God because he seems to be a man who is trustworthy, dependable, responsible, not corrupt, doesn't, is not negligent toward the duties that he has. And so now let's get in here and find out what, what is all this about? Why was he this way? There's a little uh, verse, we, we read it last week in Colossians, that kind of explains where this comes from and, and what God wants to do in us in the Colossians chapter 3, 22. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. I love this right here. And do it not only when their eye is on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence to the Lord. 
Number one, he's saying, did you notice he said slaves? He's saying, I don't care how bad life is for you right now. I don't care how you got where you are at the moment. What I want you to do, employee, what I want you to do, those who are in bad situations, those who are in whatever the situation, he said, here's what I want you to do. Not just, not, I need you to do it for you. He said, I want you to do the right thing. I love the way he said this, obey your earthly masters in everything. Not some things, he said, obey them in everything. But here's, but, but here's the thing. Don't just do it when it will curry favor for you. So what he's saying is, I want it to come from a deeper place because I'll, I've got something that I want you to experience that has nothing to do with anybody else. And if nobody else is around and you still have an excellent spirit and you still choose to do the right thing, I'm going to show you that I'm going to bless you in ways you never imagined. It's not, sometimes we get so caught up in trying to do things in front of people for people because we think the people is going to be the source of our blessing. And God's saying, they're not your source. I your source and if you will do it when nobody's looking it comes from the inside I'm going to do some special stuff in your life that's what God wants to do in us so number one number one uh, whatever you do work at it with all your heart number one we, we got past number one last week going to mention it number one people with an excellent spirit work as working for the Lord that's what he just told us to do do what you do if you kept on reading on that do what you do as to the Lord not to somebody else do it as to the Lord. When you do what you do as if you were doing it, to, doing it to the Lord, working for the Lord, it changes everything. Daniel was able to do that because he had a relationship with God. Three times a day, Daniel prayed. Without exception, Daniel prayed. Three times a day. It wasn't just religious prayer. He was giving thanks to the Lord. He was talking to the Lord. He was spending time with the Lord. And that's how an excellent spirit flows out of us. It's an overflow of a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. Number two, people with an excellent spirit raise others to a higher level of excellence. How many of you agree with that? People with an excellent spirit raise others to a higher level of excellence? Have you ever been around excellent people who lift you? When I played golf in high school, I, um, I, was a, I was a fairly decent golfer. But I noticed that when I played golf with the Duffers, and that's not a last name, when I played golf with the Duffers, I kind of played like a Duffer. Uh, my game took a hit. But when I played golf with people who were much better, it raised my game to a much better place. It's like that in about anything, isn't it? And I, and I, believe, I believe people with an ex excellent spirit understand that, and it's not just, I mean, think about being in your home. God put you in your home to raise your family to a higher level. And somebody in that family, husband, wife, kids, somebody in that family has to realize that an excellent spirit lived out in this home will raise everybody to a new level. And it may take a while because you may be doing that. You may be a mom and you may be trying to do your best to live out an excellent spirit in your home. And you think your kids are seeing nothing, hearing nothing. And the way they're acting, they're not picking up on anything you're saying. I want to give you hope. They will and are picking up on it. You tracking with me? It, they may be 30 before you realize it. 
But they're picking up on it. I promise you that. Dad, go into that home and be as excellent. That's what Daniel did. Here's the neat thing. Here's the neat thing about this. Daniel wasn't just taken or promoted because he was good at what he did. Now, if you're a business owner, how many business owners we have in here? Yeah. If you're a business owner, when you hire somebody, you want to hire people who are good at what they do. But if you are going to have a business that, you know, maybe it's supposed to be a business that's it's a much larger business, you're not only going to need people who are good at what they do, but you're going to have to have somebody that can inspire other people. Does that make sense? Daniel didn't make it to where he was just because he was good at what he did. He made it to where he was because he had the ability with his excellent spirit to inspire other people toward excellence. When you're over a kingdom and you're the third over a kingdom, being good at what you do is not enough. You have to inspire everybody around you to be good at what they do. And if you don't do that, you won't last long in what you do. And so what God does is he raises people up and he puts people in these positions. He put Daniel in this position. And let me tell you, it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with um, Daniel's faith at this point on the outside. On the inside, it does. But the king doesn't see that, right? On the outside, he's producing something. Sometimes we look at the world and say, but nobody will give us a job. I mean, I'm a Christian, and they don't want Christians working for them. And you know what? I don't think that's true at all. Because here's what I know about the world. The world, what's important? The bottom line. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have four eyes. If you can help my bottom line grow, I'll hire you. You tracking with me? They don't care about your faith. They don't care what your faith is. No, no, no. What they care about is, will you do your job in such a way that my bottom line increases? And when my bottom line increases, yours will increase as well. But you got to get in and, 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 and help raise that bottom line. And so with that, we begin to raise other people to a higher place. And I think they noticed that about Daniel. Number three. People with an excellent spirit thrive wherever they are positioned. Uh, I've got a unique perspective in this because I'm able to work in leadership in both the business world and in the church. And no matter, in either one, no matter which one it is, there are always people that you find that no matter where you put them, it's going to get better. You know people like that? Some of you work with people like that? No matter where you put them, it's going to get better. Because they have the tendency to, no matter where you put them, they're going to thrive. I mean, you can say, you know what? And in, in, in business, we've got, a, we've got something going on here. And we've got, I mean, we've got a great product, but sales are down. And, and we're not really sure what to do. We've got five people in sales here, and they all have you know, pretty decent abilities, but 
for some reason the product is, is not moving. We don't really know what to do. And so you're always looking for that one person that when they come in there, they're not just good at what they do, but when they get through, they have impacted everybody else in that group to be better at what they do. They're not just a lone ranger, I'll do my thing, and you didn't know. They come in and they begin to inspire everybody. You, everybody, every business, every sports team, every church is looking for that person to come in and say, can you, we're struggling in this ministry. We want to put you over here in leadership in this ministry. And by the time they get through, that ministry is thriving. And so then you take them in, put them in a ministry that is so different, nothing like where they came from. I mean, over here, they're in, in a ministry that's maybe an outreach ministry. And so your children's ministry struggling and say, you know, could we put you over here? And, and on the outside, you'd say, but they're so different. But it's not what's different about the ministry. It's what's different about the person. And you put them in that place. And here's what they do. They go home and they start studying. They say, give me, give me a month of preparation and I'll be in there. And so they go and they, they look, they, they get on the internet and they find some of the top churches that have some of the best uh, ministries. And so they go and they visit those churches. And, and then in between the time visiting those churches, they're online and they're learning everything they can. They're digging in while, while everybody else is going home and we're sitting there with a bag of Cheetos and a Coca-Cola in our hands watching This Is Us or you know, whatever. They're, they're lock and load, they're studying, they're getting in to find out what can I do to make that ministry better? What can I do to sell that product better? What can I do to make a better burger? I want to be the best burger flipper that there has ever been. Some of you are saying, but if they will ever put me in a management position, I would, I mean, I will give them my excellence. But you're standing in the kitchen with flipping burgers like this. You put the tomato on, it's falling off the side. Who cares? You ain't going to make it to management. Hello? You will not make it to management. If you don't care whether the tomato is in the center of the burger. Is anybody tracking with me? If you don't care where the tomato is in the center of the burger, then when you get to management, you're not going to care if, if the tables are swept underneath. You're not going to care if in the kitchen there's some places that grease gets left because nobody can see it. Is anybody, is anybody, is anybody with me on this? I'm, I'm thinking, you put them, you put them somewhere. They're going, oh, but bud, we just can't get jobs and it's so rough out there. And I, I know it's tough, but here's what I want you to know. Maybe you're waiting, maybe you're sitting back saying, but I, you know, I want the job that's making $120,000 a year. Now go take the $20,000 a year job and work your way up. And if you're not willing to do the $20,000 a year job, you're never going to make it to one hundred and twenty. And even if you did make it and lie and cheated your way there, you're not going to last there long because an excellent spirit is the only thing that can keep you at the top when you get to the top. Oh, the Holy Ghost is working inside of me. I don't know why I said it like that, but I never call him a ghost. It just came out that way. They're going to thrive. 
I don't know why they put her in leadership instead of me. Well, maybe it's because she's more dependable and more trustworthy and more responsible. Maybe it's because the last three times you were supposed to show up for the nursery, you didn't show up. Yeah, but bud, I'd show up if I was a leader. <laughs> but, and you know, I'm, I know I, I, I want to... I want, I want to start a ministry right now. I want to do it right now. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what. When I first got saved, I went to my pastor, and I said, uh, I need to do something in the church. And, of course, he knew that I, I wasn't going to be good at anything, but he, you know, he, 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 he wasn't going to get good at anything. Not at that point. But um, he wasn't all that eager because he hadn't seen me function. Anybody with me? Yeah, but, but I was a leader in that other church. Well, but you ain't in that other church. We may do things different here. And maybe the reason you're not in that other church is because of your attitude instead of theirs. I don't know that yet. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're going to get me in trouble here. I... It takes a little time, right? A little time to, for, for us to get to know you. Get in here, fit in. I told him, I said, I got to do something. I want to do something. I said, I'll clean. I mean, I will clean toilets. I, I, I'll, I'll clean toilets. I just want to do something for the Lord. Have at it. So I got my cleaning stuff. And I cleaned those toilets. And I'd pray, Lord, I just I, I thank you, Lord, that I get to clean the toilets. And I thank you that I get to do these for you. And Lord, when your people sit down on the, I want your people, your people, to sit down on the cleanest toilets they've ever put their self on. And, and I mean, I cleaned those toilets. You could have eaten, wouldn't, would not recommend it, but you could have eaten off of those toilets because I wanted to do something for the Lord. Oh, yeah, ask Carla. Man, our toilets at the house, I can, I mean, I will clean them toilets. Sometimes I forget to wash my hands, but I'll, you know, let me. <laughs> Speaking of excellence in hand washing, how many of you would like to go to a restaurant? And the person flipping your burger doesn't have an excellent spirit. They go into the bathroom, use the bathroom, come out of the stall, and out the door. Huh? I've, yeah, I have two. I have two. It, it's, it's sad. 20 seconds. Some of the greatest 20 seconds of your life to bless other people is the 20 seconds that your hands are doing this with soap. <laughs> are are y'all tracking with me? You go into the restroom, you do your business. You walk out the door. The first person you see, you walk up and shake hands with. And then that person goes and shakes hands with somebody else. And then they shake hands with somebody else. And before you know it, everybody here has got the very first person's pee. Too much? Okay. Point 
At least I didn't go with the other one. Is that what you're saying? Are you talking about number two? <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. <laughs> what number? What number am I on? Number four. Let's hurry. Y'all got to hurry. <laughs> number four. People with an excellent spirit. I'll, I'll tell you what I did to the first service. I actually made them count 20 seconds so that we get an idea how long 20 seconds is. But um, I'm not going to do that to you guys because I don't want to waste 20 more seconds on this topic. People with an excellent spirit take the high road when, when they're wronged. <clears throat> This is huge in business, this is huge in the church, this is huge in your marriage, in your family, this is huge everywhere. Can you imagine if everybody in the world took the high road when somebody wronged them, how different the world would be? Daniel gets wronged here. They come, they find him, they tell the king, the king gets, gets tricked into, through his pride, gets tricked into creating some kind of a decree, and now the king has to throw Daniel into the lion's den, and Daniel knew what was going to happen even before he went to his three prayer thing. He had already heard it through the grapevine, and he knew they were going to come after him, yet he did it. He didn't fight. He didn't, he didn't go to the king and say, king, they're going to do this. No, Daniel didn't do that. Let me tell you, when you begin to walk with an excellent spirit in life, the spirit that comes out of you through Jesus Christ, whether it is in church, whether it is in business, whether it is in school, wherever it is, you will get haters. You will find people who are jealous of you. It is, it's just going to happen. And when that happens, take the high road. Don't, don't get into petty fights. Don't get into petty name-calling things. You take the high road. With an excellent spirit, take the high road and watch God raise you to a place that's beyond what you in your mind can, can, can even picture right now. Take the high road. Are you with me? I think Daniel was able to take the high road because of his relationship with the Lord and he realized, number five, look at number five. People with an excellent spirit see a bigger picture. People with an excellent spirit. See, I think Daniel understood that God was his source. I think he knew that. And so by seeing God as his source, when he ends up in, uh, with, with these other guys doing what they did to him, he just steps back because he realizes, God, you got this. See, sometimes we spend so much time and waste so much time and emotion on running over and over in our minds. Have you ever done this? I've done it. Have you ever gotten mad at somebody and you run a conversation over and over and over in your mind of, of how you would like for it to go? Then you have that conversation and it didn't turn out like you thought and then you walk away and you start thinking of all the things you wish you had said while you were there. Do you know how that messes with your emotions? It will keep your emotions stirred up for days on end. But when you realize that, just turn it loose. Just turn it loose. Let it go. I don't have to win. Because a lot of times it's our pride. We just feel this need to win. But when you know that you're already a winner in Jesus, you don't have to try to win on this earth. When you already know that you're a winner in Jesus, you don't have to come out on top in this world because you know that even if you're on the bottom, the Lord is the one that's going to raise you to the top. Think about this, when, when in this life we feel like, if Daniel had looked at this situation and reacted in that moment, what was going to happen in a little while would not have happened. 
If Joseph had seen himself in prison and just reacted to the prison, got angry with God, got angry with people, he would not have been able to save his family down the road. God sees the bigger picture. Let me, y'all got to hurry. Listen to me. How many of you, how many, does anybody have their pilot's license? Anybody here have your pilot's license? Anybody here own an airplane? We'll have to drive again, it looks like. If, if, you, if you were, well, let's say you're pilot then. Let's say you're, you're pilot. You're sitting in the seat, you're pilot. He is listening to people who are air, 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 air traffic controllers. <laughs> air traffic controllers. Now, all he can see is a cloud, Maybe a little bit according to the way, he can't see a lot. He's looking out a window, but there's probably 20, 30 planes around him. And if he goes up too much or down too much or to one side or the other, there could be a lot of dead people, right? So he listens because he knows there's somebody that sees a whole much bigger picture than what he sees. Here's what I want you to know. You can't see very far right now. And it feels like you're in a panic situation because all you see is black clouds in front of you and you don't know what in the world you're going to do. But God sees it all. He's way back looking at it. He's saying, if you will just trust me, I will get you through. And not only will I bring you through this, but you're going to be better than you were before you went into it. It's some of those lessons. None of us like turbulence, but sometimes turbulence is a good opportunity to learn. Am I right? But how often do we get in a situation like Daniel could have done and just said, I'm going to take, Lord, okay, I've been following you, and now you got me heading toward the lion's den. I think I'll take over from here. No, he just kept on trusting. He just kept on trusting. And the very beast that the devil had put into a place to try to destroy him became a bed that he laid his head on that night and slept like a baby. They threw him into the lion's den. The big angel of the Lord came over and shut the lion's mouth and Daniel just kind of lays down, maybe plops a head back on one of those big old lions, big old fluffy bed. The devil meant it to chew him up, but God said, I, you, don't worry about it. You just follow me. You let me do what I'm going to do. You trust me and I will get you walk with an excellent spirit and no matter what you see or whether you think it's working or not, you just keep doing it because you're doing it unto me and I'm going to bring you through things and take you to places you could never imagine otherwise. I mean, God, you think maybe that you're in a prison right now, but, but it's the prison. In the prison, you have to learn the things that God will use to help you when you're in the palace. And if God were to help, if, if, if you were to bypass the prison, if you were to bypass the difficulty, the thing that God has to do in you to grow that, that, that excellent spirit, to give you opportunities of challenge where you could get revenge, but you choose not to. 
If we don't face those things, we never grow in those moments. I could lie about that, but you choose not to in the prison. Then when you get to the palace, you are sustainable. God can use you in the palace. But if you bypass the prison, you go straight to the palace. The first time you lie in the palace, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be a whole different story. You're going to lose your head. So let the prison be the trainer so that when you get into the palace, God can raise you up and use you in ways you never imagined. Man, I'm telling you, this thing is this, this, this something about this excellent spirit thing. God will use that. You think, oh, bud, we've had a setback. We're at, we, we had a financial setback. I've had a relational setback. No, 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 no. No, here's what you've got. What feels like a setback is actually a setup. God's going to take what you think is a setback, but it's a setup because he's going, what you're going through right now, he is setting you up for one of the greatest blessings you've ever experienced. Maybe a promotion that God's wanting for you that he can't give you until you get through this. So we think it's all bad, but God said, you just trust me. I know you can't see, but you just trust me. Let me fly. Let me, let me pilot you. Let me get you where you're going. And I promise you, you're going to experience a blessing. God wants to use people with an excellent spirit. We have it. We already have, if you're a believer, you already have it. It's in your father's DNA. Now we just got to learn to let it work. We got to learn to let it go. I don't know what situation you're in right now, but you may have bumped up to a place and you're struggling because it just doesn't look like it. I've, I've, all those people over there, they're, they're evil, they're acting evil, they lie, they cheat, they steal, and they keep getting advancements, and here I sit, and I don't seem to be getting anywhere, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do everything as honest as I can. Just trust him. Just trust him. Because you know who ended up getting eaten by the lions? It was the ones that tried to trick Daniel and trick the king to have him destroyed. It took a little while, but they got found out. You tracking with me? Just keep trusting the Lord. Had Daniel done it, he could have messed things up. And I don't, the ones that got in, ended up getting eaten by the lions are the ones that actually tried to trick Daniel. But you can't walk up to somebody at the office and say, well, I'm telling you right now, God's gonna have you eaten by the lions for treating me this way. <laughs> You just can't do that. That's just not an excellent spirit. I love you guys. We got kid stuff coming up. How many of you going to kid stuff? Woo! Four of you. Okay. How many, let me put it this way. How many of you will go to kid stuff that had not planned on it? None of you. Okay, I'm, I got to quit while I'm ahead. Father, we praise you. Lord, we want to walk in the spirit, in your spirit, Lord. We want the ethos of the kingdom to work through our life. Lord, put us in places in this world where our excellent spirit, because of you, can influence others and impact others, even in a secular level. So that at a point, just like the king told everybody to serve Daniel's God, to serve you. Put us in places where, Lord, we will eventually have a voice that they'll listen to. And we can turn them to you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.